All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome. It is good to see you, Ryan. How you doing, Josh? I am doing well today. All right, all right. Like, you got like, the you got the flannel, like a flannel convention over here. <laughs> yes, it is. I'm just realizing that. How do you know? <laughs> Below 70 degrees in Southern California. Oh, yes. Everybody wears flannel. I know. We should talk about about it because I think last time we we were maybe – Maybe being a little bit insensitive to the weather issues that people were having we were, around the we world. Were, and now it's raining. Maybe a little bit. And it is. No, no. It is pouring. Pouring. It is Stormwatch Flood. 2021. Flood. There are floods. <laughs> <laughs> no, there, um, we do we do see some some we do see some liquid falling from, falling from the sky. It, uh, it does, it yeah. does. It's yeah. probably a balmy sixty degrees. Sixty degrees. Is yeah. it? Is that what it is? Yeah, okay. Probably. Like uh, probably yeah. I I didn't wear a jacket. All I have is this, and I've been You're okay. Gonna be okay. I'm gonna be just You're fine. Gonna <laughs> You're gonna make it. I mean, so this is welcome to California weather. Um, yep. It's a, it, you know, it's a challenge. It is a challenge to, to live. It's a challenge to wear your whole wardrobe here. It is, that, that may be true. You know, it's a real challenge. In fact, we were going to, we have family in Colorado. And so we were thinking about visiting. But one of the issues is that every time we go, our kids, you know, it's another uh, year they've later, grown. they've grown out of the clothes that we just bought them to go. And we don't own the clothes. Yeah. Why would we? For that. No, exactly. Exactly. So going there in the winter is a very expensive endeavor. It is. Even if we have a free place to stay, it's just costly. Yeah, I I hear that now. I do. You do. do. It is. And so, and when you come here, all you got to do is buy a bathing suit. Bathing suit, (laughs) t-shirts, flip-flops. Exactly. flip-flops and you're good to go. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's right. That's right. Um, Ryan's mic is not working. Jan, thank you. Should I just give him mine? Here, why are you talking to that? And let me uh, let me adjust. Check, check. Jan, uh, is he working now? And this will tell you more. They'd love to hear you check, tapping check. on Hello. it. By Hello. the way, am I, am I working now? It's sunny and clearly. Liz, Liz lets us know. Now we'll find out if uh, if Ryan's mic is working. This makes for lovely podcasting, yeah, by the way. Sorry, guys. Podcast. Oh, the world out there. We're so glad that you're staying with us. If you have, you know, if you haven't left yet, you are one of the dedicated few because we are going to figure out technology. Did she say it isn't working? Uh, let's see here. I haven't heard back. But it looks like, and all we know how to do is to check to see whether it's plugged in or not, by the way. It's like like when the computer isn't working. Yeah. Yeah. The person, that help desk person says, uh, is it plugged in? Yes, yes, exactly. uh, Yep, it's plugged in. It's plugged in. Okay, turn it off and then turn it back on. Yep. And that's that's the extent (laughs) of what we can do. That's about it. And so I am just adjusting, and I'm hoping that we can hear from Ryan today. Uh, Liz can hear us both. Um, Jan so still can't good. hear. Can Jan? Can you hear me? Uh, and so you know what? I'm seeing Jan can or I'm sorry, Liz can. Jan can't. Pedro just says hi. Hi, how you doing? Um, it is uh, sunny and 60 degrees. Liz says right on. Right in, on. Uh, in the springs. Okay. Okay. That's springs. that's actually where my well my my sister. I have a sister that lives in Monument, which is just north of the springs. There yeah, it is, as they call it, the springs. They do now. I've been to the springs. Are there springs in the springs? That's a great question. 
I do not know. I don't know. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I've just heard it called the Springs before, as if there were the only ones. And uh, and so there you go. All right. Go. Well, um, oh, look at this. We've got a great crew uh, joining us. Hello, everybody. Nancy says hi, and Laura and Valerie. Great. Thanks for great to hear flexing you guys. with us time time wise, you guys. We, we yeah. have a prayer gathering tonight. First Wednesday prayer yes. gathering here at Emmanuel Faith that we do. Every month, it's something we've recently started, yeah. and, and really, our one of our desires is to become a house of prayer. And so, uh, in order to sort of corporately engage with that, we've carved out the first Wednesday evening, which is when we normally tape of each month, in order to be uh, a, a day of prayer for um, our church body and, and a time of prayer and seeking God's face together. So, yeah. we're doing that tonight. I appreciate you, Josh. Josh and I both do flexing with us. So yeah, thanks for joining us. And I do too. I, in fact, I'm, I'm glad we're doing this because I actually get to go and attend go. Right on. the prayer time, which right is on. something that I often miss. And so uh, great. Well, Ryan, no, Josh, yes. So Dennis is now having a problem. Maybe I, I, here, let's just try. Let's see. Okay. Now, if you can't hear me, that's a problem. But there could be many other ways. Ryan's good. Ryan's good. Okay. Well. Okay. Hey, if you're listening right. online, we're we're uh, if you're not seeing this, uh, if you're on our podcast, we're talking about people are commenting saying that they can't hear us, and so if you're listening to us, and I'm hoping that you can hear us, and uh, it all will be good. Well, um, hey, just this is this is the Vitology podcast. Okay, that that word it just it just means uh, the study of life. And that's really what we want to do. That's really what we do. That's really what church is about in a lot of ways. It is. It right? is. Well, uh, Jesus says, I've come that you may have life and have, have it to it the to full. The, oh, that's right. And and that that's really what that's really where this comes from. That we we want to be a place um, as a community here at the church, but even as the community of this podcast. Those of you listening in, those of you joining us online on Facebook or YouTube, uh, we want to. We want to help you live in that way that that leads towards life, yeah, and life abundant, yeah. And we believe that that's distinctly in Jesus and through Jesus and right. because of Jesus. And so that's why we talk a lot about Jesus. Yes, indeed. Yeah. Yes, indeed. And we're going to talk about a bunch about Jesus as well. But um, in this uh, this format, we we get to sit around and talk about ideas and we get to talk about questions that you might have. Um, we've got a number of things that, that we want to talk about that kind of has come up uh, through the last week's sermon. Um, ideas that, that so many ideas you just can't fit into a sermon. Oh gosh. Yeah. Right? Yes. Uh, and some of you out there might think that, that, you know, we talk too long in a sermon. I've heard um, that. <laughs> it's not true. We just need another 10 minutes. Yeah. You can that's always it. That's use it. another 10 minutes, right? Somebody, when, when they made the, uh, the, the Supreme Court said, churches can meet inside, but you can't sing. You know, somebody yeah. said, well, what are we going to do with the rest of that time? And how I'm like, I've got ideas. <laughs> 70 minute sermon. Yeah. I can, yes. can do that. We could do that. Yes. Anyway. And so some of what we what we do here is kind of talk through some of the some of those rabbit trails yes. that you can't get to, that little tangents that you just can't bring up. Right. Um, or issues or questions that people have. And we absolutely, absolutely love it when you send in questions. Um, it, it tells us first that you're you're thinking it through. Right. Which I think it's great. Which we love. Some of the questions we 
we might not be smart enough to answer and we'll tell you if we're not. Um, uh, and, and then some, you know, Josh and I might disagree and we might push back a little bit. And that's all part of, I think, growing together uh, spiritually and as a community of faith. Yeah, and so yeah. um, no question is off limits, as we always say. I want to encourage you to, to just jump in and, uh, and ask whatever whatever's yes. on your mind and at, we'll tell you what's on ours and ask whatever's on your mind. And I just can't help but laugh as you were saying those, those that was a very meaningful statement you were saying. And I'm laughing because my wife asks, um, so Beth, hello there. Did you coordinate your outfits? Because I just, we weren't going to talk yes. about it, yes. but we look like lumberjacks. All the time. We do. We do. We, you know, we're going to try to just it's, ignore this background yeah, here. Um, I can't do it <laughs> because we did not plan our outfits. It, it is. No, we are both. We did not plan it. <laughs> we are both in flannel. If you are, uh, if, if you're not seeing us, um, we are both sitting in flannel with a wood backdrop behind us. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, goodness gracious. I just forgot my axe. Okay. All right. All right. Okay. We're going to, we can do this. And should, so, should we start by talking about, <laughs> about the sermon? Um, yes, absolutely. We should because we need to get, um, get our minds off of this. Yeah. And uh, it goes well with the cabin like background. Beth says, yes, it does. It does. It does. We both belong back in Colorado. No, Liz, you belong back here. That's right. That's right. Clear there. Um, yes, let's let's talk through a little bit of okay. the the sermon. Um, and uh, the sermon was called the given name. The given name. Oh, and I love that, I love that you began with Inigo Montoya. Inigo Montoya. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. Princess Bride. That yes. was sort of the opener, but. Um, you know, my, hello, my name is Zaniga Montoya. You killed my father, prepare to die. And uh, my statement was, that's a pretty clear mission statement for oh, a yeah. life. That's a, that okay. is an identity that is on display for all to, to say and to hear and to interact with. And so that's, uh, that's where we started the message. Um, and, and my proposal was, or my thesis is mm -hmm. that how you answer the question, who am I, is one of the most important things about you. And, um, and so I wanted people to wrestle through how they answer that question. And one of the things that's interesting to me, Josh, and I, um, admittedly, I'm a, I'm a nerd. And so like, I like reading things like this, but to see the way that people have answered that question in different ways throughout yes. the years, throughout yeah. the ages is really, really interesting to me. Absolutely. And, um, and so, because one of the things it does is it helps us realize that we live in a, like everybody has, but we live in a very distinct moment where the way that we answer that question is, is fairly conditioned. Mm -hmm. And, um, and other people have lived in different moments where they answered it in different ways. So a few examples. Or, yeah, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. And, and so just to, to make that clear, I, and I think we don't, we don't think about the, the water that we swim in, right? right. That's, it's like, that's you know, right. the, the, like a fish that's swimming doesn't know it's swimming in water. Right. Correct. And, and so, I think this is really helpful for us to 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 contemplate and think about the the kind of worldview we've been grown up in, mm -hmm. um, the 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 milieu or as they call it, the the um, there's a, there's an understanding that yeah. is that is kind of basic to all of us at this time right now in some sense, right? It's the air we breathe. The air we breathe, right? Yeah. But you don't always think about that, and I think that's that's important. And there has been shifts in that yes. over time. Yeah. Right? So okay. Yeah. Um, if I could just like 
large categories, right? So a few thousand years ago, uh, primarily agrarian cultures, not as industrialized. Mm -hmm. People probably would have answered the question, who am I, based on I'm a part of this family, right? Yeah. Uh, I'm a part of this tribe and I work on this land and this is my part within the whole. So people would have identified themselves as I play a small part in a bigger whole. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. I, I'm I, a part I, of a community. Yeah. I, I work in this lumber yard. I work in this lumber yard or uh, as Danielle said, um, <laughs> this is a commercial. That is, a, I that is such a great comment. <laughs> she says this looks like I couldn't. I saw this and I was trying not to laugh. <laughs> I, this, so for people that aren't watching, so you need to, uh, yeah. that are listening on the podcast, Danielle gave a yeah. shout out Can't to us. Anymore. She said, it looks like a commercial for maple syrup. Yep, yep. I can't do it anymore. I'm taking off the flannel. <laughs> so I just can't I. look. I'm, I'm, I have the uh, same shirt on underneath. <laughs> <laughs> I'm taking it off too. Well, this is the moment we lost everybody <laughs> in the podcast. And so it was nice doing this with you. <laughs> You guys, none of this is planned. None, <laughs> none of it. Oh my gosh! Uh, yeah, yeah. All right, all right, all right. Okay, so, so um, <laughs> we're uh, back then. It was what you do in a sense. Or, it was what, a it was a Sorry. community you're, you're a part of. I just love that we're wearing the same <laughs> same shirt under. This is getting worse. <laughs> this is getting worse. Okay, <clears throat> so um. <laughs> All right. So after that, there was a progression, right? Yes, yes. So we were primarily agrarian cultures, yeah. people farmed, I mean, it was a part of the whole. And then um, I, I think you could fast forward to Renaissance, which was, you know, I, I, I answered the question, who am I by I am what I what I make, what I create. Um, and then you fast forward a little bit more, you had the scientific revolution, where we started to get a little bit more in our heads. And that led to the Enlightenment. Yeah. Rene Descartes had the famous quip in the Enlightenment, I think, therefore I am. I am and yeah. so, like, I am more defined by my thoughts in the Enlightenment than I am by the tribe that I'm a part yeah, of, yeah. The, by the family that I'm a part of. And so you can, I think you can see the trajectory of where this is all heading to um, modernity in many ways. Or actually, you had the Industrial Revolution before that. So that was, I, I produce, therefore mm -hmm. I am. I'm a part of mm -hmm. making something. And then, um, uh, you know, in modernity, I think the anthem of modernity was, I believe, like, this is what I believe, therefore I am. Mm. And especially in Christian in the circles, Christian world, yeah, yeah that, sure. was, that was distinctly a part mm -hmm. of our identity. Or maybe in the secular version of that is, I know, therefore I am, right? Mm. So scientific Science, method yeah, is the yeah. way that we, what's observable, what's measurable, what's repeatable. That's the way mm. that we sort of know our place in the world. And I think in the postmodern world, which most sociologists would say that's where we are now, um, which isn't necessarily a good or bad thing. It presents yeah. some challenges, I think, and some opportunities. But um, in the postmodern world, I, I think that that I am in an autonomous self, right? Mm. That is, I am me. Mm -hmm. I'm what's on the inside. And what's on the inside needs to come out yeah. and be expressed on the outside so that you can know mm -hmm. who I am. But notice very few people would say, 
I am a part of this family. I contribute yeah. to the whole in this mm. way. It's it's more about, I, it was Robert Bella that talked about uh, the rugged individual autonomous self, mm -hmm. right? That, that mm -hmm. That's sort of the air that we breathe now. Yeah. And so there's this, I mean, it was really a narrowing from a community and then into ever increasingly more so. um, yeah. individualistic. And in, in fact, even now there's this sense, it seems like that the more unique I am, the more I am myself. Right. Like there's a pride in yeah. being yeah. in being very unique and, and even weird at times. Yeah. Right? And so I think there's a there's a um there, I don't know if it's a danger, but in a message like the one that we gave from the scriptures to say, actually, the the question of who I am, the most fundamental foundational level, way that we answer that is the same for all of humanity. Mm. And so I think that rub, yeah. that pushes against this individual self that we want to cling to. So we said, really, the way the most um, fundamental ground like sort of ground level question uh, answer to the question who am i is i'm i'm the beloved mm -hmm. i'm the beloved of god and that our argument in the sermon was that answer is actually enough to give shape to an entire life mm. and so i really wanted people to wrestle with how did they answer the question who am i mm. and to i want to encourage them to you or listening and watching to adopt the answer that I believe the scriptures give, which is you're the beloved of God. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and that puts you in a, in a relationship. Puts you in a relationship. I mean, yeah. That you cannot be defined um, on your own. Right. And it can't be what you do. In fact, you get into that a little bit. I did. Yeah. Um, and what you prove and those kind of things, which we'll get to. Um, but inherently there's another that, that even is the one that is doing the defining. Correct. And, Oh, and I and I just love that that it's not, and it's it's not the other way around. It's not waiting for you to to produce the right thing or do the right thing or say the right thing or even even believe the right thing. Right, but you are the beloved. You are the beloved. Huh. Yeah, and I think when we actually believe that, something in us starts to change. Mm -hmm. Something in us starts to shift. Um, yeah, that we, we don't have as much of a need to prove ourselves or to earn or um, to compete. Uh, and I think that it creates a type of freedom to mm. fail and still be okay um, that is necessary for any sort of significant human endeavors, right? To not just play it safe. Mm. Um, but one of the things I wanted to say, one of the points I wanted to make in that as it pertains to discipleship is that discipleship is growing deeper and deeper into that rather than wider from it. And Ooh. number one, and number two, that discipleship is really the journey of becoming who God says we already are. Yes. I, that, I think that right there was, was the, the biggest aha moment for me of, of, of this. I, I loved the way you put that. And, and let's, you know, you got to you got to say that and explain it. Let's parse that out a little bit because yeah, because he says you are correct. I mean, you you already said your name is. He calls you beloved, right? Beloved. Um, and and I and I love that it, it was the only two places that, yeah, that the Father speaks in the New Testament audibly, where the Father speaks audibly to His Son to, his to son, Jesus. 
um, is at Jesus's baptism. This is my beloved son with whom I'm well pleased. And at the Mount of Transfiguration, this is my beloved son with whom I'm well pleased. And then the father adds in, listen to him. Okay. Which we could go into a whole session on that, how you have the law and the prophets standing there as represented by yeah, Moses totally, and totally. Elijah and Jesus that. and the father saying, like, I know you're listening to, to those voices also, but the voice above all those voices is mm -hmm. my son. Listen mm -hmm. to him. Yeah. Anyway. So oh, yeah, isn't so that, good. it's really, really yeah, um, interesting. Super interesting. So, but, but this journey then is, uh, I mean, we've, we've been called something mm -hmm. and, and that's, that's a part that uh, in the Christian circles, we've, we've camped a lot on Yeah, that we've been declared by God to be, to be righteous. We've been called to be yeah. beloved. We are that. Yep. And yet at the same time, I, uh, We've, I think we've also had this idea that you, you can't, you can't really do much now that that's happened. And so, yeah, you've been declared this, but you're just going to kind of continue to live the way you've always been lived. And so you've got this, this kind of dichotomy between your, your, mm -hmm. who God's told you you are and how you really live. Well, and, and even we say things like God sees you as righteous mm -hmm. and part of the underlying implication is you aren't. <laughs> But yeah. he sees you that yeah, way, right? Yeah. And so even some of the, our vernacular undermines our identity because we start to believe some of those narratives. Well, yeah, God's just wearing rose-colored glasses and, and mm. he doesn't know the real me and he doesn't love the real me. Huh. He loves the version of me that he's choosing to see, even though it's not actual. And mm. so I think some of our language even undermines our identity as new creation, as righteous, as holy, as saints. Now, are we perfectly all of those things? Do we live that out all the time? No, no. But we are, that's who we are. Mm -hmm. And the journey of discipleship is sort of a journey of peeling back some of the layers of, of the onion, as it were, mm -hmm. of, the, of the sin, of the pain, of some of our narratives that we've been conditioned to believe either by ourselves or by the society at large. It's peeling back those onions to get to that core that is most true. And, and I, I always believe that what God says is most true. Right. Mm -hmm. And so that I think is the journey of discipleship is peeling back those layers to more fully live into who Jesus says we already are. Mm -hmm. I love that. And that's not easy. I love that. Yeah, that takes that no. takes intentionality, as we'll talk about this week. It takes it takes effort, and I know that's sort of a bad word in some Christian circles. So if you think it's a bad word, I encourage you lean in this weekend, listen, because yeah. I want I'm going to talk about the way that um, actually God invites us to put effort into things that oh, He totally. that we deem are important, and He does, and yeah, like that's just that's just it's in the Bible. So I know, I know. But before we get too far, because I, I would love. Yeah, we we want to get to that and get to the to the training side, yeah, the effort side. Um, so make sure you're here or you listen or you watch or you you tune in somehow. Uh, this coming weekend, uh, we'd we'd love to have you and love to love to interact with you afterwards too, um, because we'll be we'll be doing this again next week, and love to know what you think about that. Um, but uh, but the this who we are we're we're on a journey trying to become who we're, who we, uh, you know, we're told we already are. And, and this, this is the interesting part that, that we're, 
becoming like Jesus is our yeah. a second of our goals, right? Right, right. And so, um, in some ways, this is what fact is that God says that Jesus is His beloved, mm-hmm. and He also says that that you and someone like me, yep, is His beloved. Yep. And He actually, He actually wants us to to become like Him. Correct. Which I mean, that's sort of mind blowing. It is. Um, and we're going to get more into the, how do we do that yeah. this weekend, which I can't wait for, but, um, but yeah, that's the, that's the invitation that's yeah. in front of us. That's the invitation. And I think we need to start in the right place, start with who God says we are, but then how do we grow to become the people that God is inviting us to become so that yeah. we can walk in freedom and walk in love and walk in joy and all the things that God has for us, uh-huh. abundant life. Um, that's all on the table for us. And it's a part of the invitation that Jesus is extending to us right now. Yeah. And I love it. So then, then the idea was of the, of the sermon that, that Jesus is the temptations that this, that, that the devil gave him, that Satan gave him are actually uh, temptations that we still experience today. Oh, totally. Just like, yeah, just like Jesus is in a sense is our representative. He's the one that God says, you're my beloved. Then Jesus goes through some things that um, are there for us to, you know, probably more than just to, to read a nice story about Jesus defeating these oh. temptations, right? Yeah, there, there, and so many things like this are, are like this in the Bible, Josh. But these are that's an event that I believe happened. Yeah, and it's something that happens, right? Uh, it's in yeah. it's sort of an archetype, right? Uh-huh. Which isn't to say I don't I don't think it actually happened. I do, but. Um, like it's bigger than just that. It's a, yeah. it, it's the same temptations that we deal with today. Mm-hmm. And I would argue that all of those temptations are in some way, shape or form, uh, the enemy trying to undermine identity because he mm-hmm. knows if mm-hmm. he can undermine our identity, then he can destroy our life. Mm-hmm. And so each of the temptations starts with, if you really are the son of God, mm-hmm. if you really are the son of God, if you really are the son of God, uh, because that that's what the enemy's going after. Try to prove that you are, take control of your own life and make it happen, which is the, the first temptation, turn these stones into bread. Yeah. I sort of read that as make it happen on your own apart from God. Yeah. This is in so many ways a reversal back to the garden where yeah. Adam and Eve are uh, confronted by the same enemy, tempter, Satan, the devil, to make it happen apart from God. Mm-hmm. Like don't go to the tree of life. Go to the tree of good and evil where you get to make the call, yes. right? Yeah. It's the same story over again. Yeah. And then, you know, the next temptation is um, to throw yourself down. Mm-hmm. And uh, Jesus says, I- I'm not going to put the Lord, my God, to the test. Mm-hmm. And so I think you could read that temptation both from the the longing for applause. Mm-hmm. So if I jump, yeah. like, I'm going to get recognition. People are going to look at me. It's going to be spectacular. Yeah, yeah. Something, yeah. Um, huh. Or you can look at it with the actual words that are exchanged. And I think I really like this idea of that maybe what the enemy wants Jesus to do is make his yeah. father prove his love totally. based on how he shows up in his circumstances. Yeah. God, you love if you if you yeah. love me, you'll catch me. God, if you love yeah. me, you'll heal me. God, if you love me, you'll provide in this way. Uh. God, if you love me then and fill in the blank and here 
Jesus is, he's, uh, he's alone. Now we don't, we don't, uh, we don't know what that, that experience was like right. um, of being alone in the desert. Um, he's there for 40 days. He's hungry. Um, you know, presumably he's out seeking God, but it doesn't, it doesn't tell us that, yeah. you know, that, that God was like, you know, somehow really, really present to him that the father in a sense it, yeah. it was really present. He, he could be in a sense feeling just like he was definitely feeling hungry. Mm -hmm. He was most likely feeling lonely. I'm sure. And I mean, potentially feeling that, you know, God, where are you even? Right. You know, cause we, we know that that's something, that's something he later even asks. Mm -hmm. Right. So this is, this could have been, this could have been a huge temptation for him. Absolutely. To, to say, God, come on. Show up in Father, some Father. like ecstatic, yeah. very tangible way. If yeah. you love me, you would. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. So I think the first uh, one in a lot of ways deals with our appetites and mm -hmm. like, and our literally and figuratively, like our coping, our control, mm -hmm. our appetites, our desires. The second one, our affections maybe for like, God, you love me if. And then the the last one I think is dealing with our ambitions and our yeah. the the desire for power that it you know lead, leads them up to see all the kingdoms of the earth and um and and says I'll give you all these mm -hmm. if you turn and worship me. So um ironically I've I've I mean these are temptations to read over. I think they're mm -hmm. sort of like an onion too. You peel them back mm -hmm. and see things differently. One of the things that struck me a while back is that all the temptations that the enemy offers are things that Jesus eventually gets. Yeah. He just wants, he just, the tempter just wants Jesus to get them outside of his father's way yes. and outside of his father's time. Yes. And so yeah, it's a shortcut. It's a shortcut. Totally is. Yeah. That, that's a preview to, I think it's Friday's devotional in the yes. daily, in the daily fill. If you uh, subscribe to that, that's a, it is another podcast also. Right on. Uh, you can find it wherever good podcasts are sold. Just kidding. They're not sold. Um, but that's, I think that's a great point that, that, uh, that it's not, um, the ends don't justify the means. Right. 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 That's so, a great, yeah. A so, great way to put it. And, and that is one of those things that, uh, I think we've got to deny at all costs mm -hmm. that, that, you know, even, even, even if something good comes out of it down the road and you think, well, but I've got to, I've got to break the rules here and I got to, I got to do something that, that uh, is opposed to my faith or anything like that, that that's just not the way the scripture sees it. Right. And that's not the way that God wants us to behave. And we, you know, We've got to do it his way and in his time. I think that's part of the message mm. there is mm. his way and his time is is key to embracing his heart. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. yeah. And so I love this. The you know, last point was the the life we're designed to live is grounded in the love we were designed to receive. Mm -hmm. ah, I just love that. It's 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 a it's a part of of who we are. We can't, I don't think we can get beyond that. I, I, I don't know that there's hmm. anybody walking the face of the earth. This is wired into our being. And you talked a little bit about this in um, uh, last week mm -hmm. where this idea of withness is tied into our being. And I would say that in addition to that, love and being yes. created in the image of God, that you, we are 
creatures who long for love. I would even say who need love uh, yep. in order to flourish. And so that's, that is a part of our humanity that is a beautiful part of our humanity that we can't get beyond. Yes. So, and, and I would argue yeah. you're either going to receive it from God yes. or you're going to try to earn it yes. somewhere else. Yeah. But you can't do both. You had to say that out loud. Which I did. I think is a, is a, is a great thing. You, you, you can't, um, receive love and earn love at the, at same, the same time. time right? Right. Okay. I, that's, that's, that's pretty profound because I think we spend most of our time trying to earn it. And, and yes, at least in, and in a lot of our more superficial relationships, I'm, and I hope and pray there's, you know, there's somebody in everybody's life that you can kind of just receive love. But even there in, in human relationships, there's, there's always that, that sense of like, I need to perform. Oh yeah, totally. Is mm. this safe? Can I let myself mm. go here? Can I, am I going to be okay if I'm not okay? Mm -hmm. Those are questions that I think run in the background of our mind mm. so much of the time and in many ways drive potentially either destructive behavior or I do think, I, I think um, that one of the challenges we face as human beings is letting ourselves be fully known, trusting that we'll also be fully loved. And so there's a great little book, book plug, um, called The Cure by uh, a guy named Bill Thrall and two other authors, but it's called The Cure. And in that book, they make the point that when we perform in order to receive love, people quite literally cannot love us. Hmm. They can only love the mask. They can only hmm. love the performance. And that actually turns in on itself to be self-devastating mm. because we know we haven't gotten what we really long for. Wow. So yes. I think the fact that the affir affirmation of the father over Jesus happens before he does anything good, same is true for us, yeah. then, but we wouldn't add this for Jesus, but we'd add this, add this for us. It happened. The affirmation of the father is of love is over us before we do anything good. Mm. And after we've done everything bad. Oh yeah. It's, wow. it's there. And, and so part of our call is to do what Jesus did, right? So he, I guess that's, that phrase gets us to the next hey. couple of weeks, but, but see, here's the thing that he, here's the thing that he did there. And, and I, I especially see it in that second temptation, I believe. So, and uh, he, he doesn't, he doesn't uh, ask God to prove his love. Right. In fact, he says, don't, don't test don't God. Don't test God. He's saying um, he's saying, I, I trust God's love. Yes. I don't need to test God's love. Right. He's saying, this is where I, mean, I believe it. Yeah. what he's saying. I, I don't need him to prove it. Um, I just believe that he loves me. And, and I think that's, that's one of the hardest things to do. It is. Is I to agree. just believe that God loves me because of what you just said. Mm -hmm. I haven't earned it yet. And to make matters worse, not only have I not earned it, but I've also done this list of things. Yeah. So not only do I, I don't start here at not earning, I start way down. Way down. Here yeah. Yep. Because of all that I've done. And yet what you're saying is that even there, you know, where, wherever we see ourselves in this, and sometimes our problem is that we see ourselves way up here. Right. So we think that we've, we've, we've done earned it. it, but whatever our place is, we've got to believe that it's not because of what we've done, what any of those things that he loves us. Yeah. That's and I think so much of the Pharisee system was in, in Jesus's time was 
how do we prove to God that we're lovable, mm. right? And um, I think Jesus just systematically yeah. dismantled that whole system. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, uh, man, a few comments about the the caterpillar analogy. Oh, yeah. It's going back a yeah. little bit, um, but uh, but both Jan and Gwen uh, both saying that they they love that. Right on. Um, yeah, the causes causes Gwen to, to to think that God sees us as a butterfly, and we are we see ourselves as a caterpillar. So yeah. that relates exactly to what oh, we're saying. Does. It, that's absolutely. that's that's a great way to put it. Yeah. yeah oh, wow. Very cool. In fact, we're kind of living life. We're the we're the caterpillar throughout life, in a sense. And there's going to be a day when we will be the butterfly. Yeah. Can I read a, a passage of scripture? Um, I guess I I didn't have time to get as much into this as I would have loved to on uh, uh, during our time together uh, this weekend. But this is First John okay. chapter three. It says, "See what kind of love the Father has given to us." that we should be called the children of God. And so we are. And so we talked about that. Like mm -hmm. that's God's affirmation over us. We are the beloved as uh, his children. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know him. Mm. Beloved, we are God's children now. And what we will be has not yet appeared. But we know that when he appears, we shall be like him because we shall see him as he is. Yes. So essentially, John's saying it's true now. You can't see it fully, huh. it's, but it's fully true. And one day it will be fully seen also. Yeah. So one day the, the caterpillar will be a butterfly on display for the world to see. Yeah. And I, and I love that line, though, that as if once you see, you can't unsee. You can't, you yeah, can't not but point. be changed, yeah. right? That this, that once you see, you will be like him. I mean, you'll you just, be like when you see him, you'll be like him. It's as if you just you just have to. <laughs> right? you're, you're just compelled to. Uh, that, and that so huge. this is sort of like in um, I, I view this and tell me you can tell me yeah, where you fall yeah. on this. I view this as more of like an eschatological seeing. Right. Mm -hmm. Like this is in yes. a seeing the um, <laughs> seeing the crucified risen Christ face to face. Yeah. Right. As he's coming, it seems so like eschatological. Meaning the kind of in the future when future. we're in, you know when we're when we see Jesus right. right what we've typically said is in heaven, um in ways like that like yeah 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 uh, absolutely but you know it's it's also true um, that as we see Jesus we are transformed right yes. now that's now so just thinking there's that, yeah. there there are I think microcosms of the eschaton that happen yeah. in our lives every day. So, I mean, the Apostle Paul would say it um, like this. He says, uh, uh, now the spirit of the Lord is freedom, or where the spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. And we all with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to the next. For this comes from the Lord who is spirit. Yes. From so one degree to the next. So there's this one degree to the next, yeah. I, I would argue daily, and then huh. there's a momentary yeah. becoming like eventually yeah it'll be more gosh i should have taught on that that text that I, would be i really wish you would have made people <laughs> write down microcosm of eschaton or something that would have been great because i think those words came out of your mouth <laughs> that's a great line uh, i don't even know what that means <laughs> I'm just kidding. 
That's great. That was I just had to call that out. <laughs> um, yes, we're just on tar- on point today. I think. Um, no, that 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 makes me think of that. Is that that we see that whenever something like this is made known to us, and I, and I, I really hope and pray that at home you you are you see that maybe here sometimes maybe in a sermon where it just kind of goes wow right where you're like compelled and you see something okay not 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 you know one of us not a, not a preacher um but you're you're seeing a vision for something more yeah and you there's part of you that goes yes i'm going to be that i'm going to do that i'm going to absolutely take this step. A- absolutely hmm. even in reading the scriptures where you go oh man like the yeah. the spirit yeah. is just breathing life into these words in a way that's helping me see Jesus mm-hmm. and uh, fall more in love with God, with the triune God, man, that's, yeah. that, that's where transformation yeah. happens. I love it. One of the places. I love it. I love it. That's yeah. And, and uh, that's exactly, that's exactly what, what we want. And, and, and uh, yeah, you're right. Um, you can go, you can go and take and read this book, mm-hmm. right? And uh, and you can uh, do what it says. This is what this is what this is all about. Um, and in each of those, you take those steps daily of seeing, seeing the vision, right? Right of what what could be. Yeah, I love yeah. that. I love that. Um, so now, okay. So now we're we're this in between um we've got the action steps coming a little mm-hmm. bit more of like our side so that's yeah you know what we what we do about this coming next week um the the way that we see and look at discipleship um throughout comes a, a lot of it what we're saying i mean it's coming out of the gospels yes right and and there's a <laughs> there's a sense there's a um, they saw their world through a certain view, right? Mm-hmm. In fact, um, they were very much, uh, they very much read a, read a book also. Mm-hmm. Okay. It was the, it was the old Testament. That was their book. Yep. They, they saw it. The authors of our new Testament were, um, top level scholars yeah. in those books. A lot right? of them. They, yeah. they, I mean, they, they immersed themselves in it. They, right. they were, they, they, they lived it. Yeah, this was a part of their. Yeah, they upbringing. were either top-notch scholars or first-hand witnesses. I'd yes. say th- yeah. they were one, one or the other. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and a lot of times both. It seems like yeah. And if they they, they didn't definitely didn't start that way. Right. And um, when we meet them in the you know when Jesus meets them, they weren't there yet. But by the time right. they they started writing, oh my goodness, they bring out things oh, in brilliant the, the our, what we call Old Testament, the Hebrew scriptures. They bring out things that are just amazing. Yes. Right. Yes. And they also are taking that uh, those those stories, mm-hmm. right, that they grew up with, those narratives, and they're kind of retelling in a sense, right? Yeah. Yeah. This is. I didn't have time to talk about this. If I had had another ten yeah. minutes, what I would have spent it on is nerding out. <laughs> on you could do it in just ten minutes. Okay, come on. Well, I, I mean, we could do it in shorter than that, but <laughs> yeah. So Josh, this is, this is 
I think fairly compelling. So if you're if you're watching or listening, stick with me on this. Okay. Because um, one one of the things that Matthew is doing, Matthew is writing primarily to a Jewish audience, uh -huh. and you can see that by the way that he introduces his genealogy. He talks about Jesus as um, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Okay, mm -hmm. so he wants to tie this distinctly to the story of Israel, and he wants us to see Jesus as Israel's Messiah. Okay. A and what he does in the telling of the, of the gospel of Jesus, the good news of what Jesus has done, is he mirrors the life of Jesus with the story of Israel. And huh. some people might even say like he's recapitulating Israel's story or he's reliving Israel's story. Okay. So now, because I think a lot of us have seen or assume maybe that the story is just chronological. Yeah. It, 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 and in a sense it is. Okay. Um, uh, and in a sense it's intentional. Okay. Right? Because, because you could say that, I mean, if it were just chronological, then um, the four gospels would all they'd all start in the same spot. Start the same spot. They'd have the next thing next. Correct. But it it isn't that way. No, certain authors move certain stories around to make a point, to make an emphasis. Mm -hmm. I mean, we could talk about other examples of that. Yeah. But once you start seeing it, you go, oh, and so oh, what, that that's an interesting juxtaposition to have those two stories: yeah. the uh, childlike faith and the rich young man yes. right next to each other. Yes. Where you go. Oh, there's a reason. Yes. Now, and he doesn't take like his birth story and move it somewhere else, right? No. no. So he is, there is some, there is definitely some chronology there. And he definitely, undoubtedly, with, you know, death and resurrection. But, but what you're saying is, so the way that he puts things together in Jesus's ministry, particularly. Correct. So um, Matthew is the only gospel writer who includes the fact that Jesus goes and travels down to Egypt with yeah, his parents. That's right. And interesting, we don't know exactly why he's the only one, but that was important to Matthew. Yeah. Well, after he tells us that in Matthew chapter 2, we see Jesus come back and we see him go into the waters of baptism. Yeah. Right after he comes out of the waters of baptism, Matthew tells us in Matthew 4 that he's led out to the wilderness. After he goes out to the wilderness, he in Matthew chapter 5, he goes up to the mountain. Okay. okay. So, okay. Does this is this sounding familiar this to anyone? Sounds <laughs> right? quite familiar. So, okay. and so Israel's people, story, yeah. Israel's story is where they go down yeah, into Egypt, Egypt, where they're enslaved in Egypt. Jesus is on the run yeah. in Egypt from Pharaoh, from from Herod, yeah. right? Yeah. But we're just retelling the story, right? He's yeah. in Egypt. He comes back. They go. go they th go back. The Israelites go through, through the Red water. Sea. Yeah. Where does Jesus go? Into the waters of baptism. Huh. He rises up, comes out of the water, goes into the desert for forty days. Israel goes into the desert How many for years. Wow. Coincidence? 40 years. I think not. Forty years, forty days. Okay. Mm. And then they go up to the mountain, and mm -hmm. they receive the law. Right, Mount mm -hmm. Horeb, mm -hmm. Mount Sinai. They receive the law. Mm -hmm. Jesus goes up to the mountain Whoa. and gives a new law. He gives a sermon on the mount. Okay. And he gives this as the new um, sort of centralizing idea for and, and and way of being for God's people. It, and interestingly, I, I was just thinking just because of the, the sermon that you preached and just because the other place that God says his name, that 
that they're up on a up on a mountain. On a mountain. Yeah. God actually gives him something. Yes. Again, he gives him his name again. He calls him right. his beloved. That's right. And huh. so I, I make make of that what you want, but I do think that there's some intentionality on Matthew's part to retell the story of Israel in, in a way that's going to invite his goal, invite the Israelites uh -huh. to really trust in Jesus as their Messiah. Yes. So I, I just, when, when I started to see that and um, read some other folks who were talking about that, I went, oh gosh, that's beautiful. That's so good. Yeah, that is amazing. And this is, this is one of those things that um, uh, maybe it's a, um, a, a bit of a pet peeve of mine that I, I realize in myself. Okay. And, and I realized this, that I've been kind of taught this way. I've been almost trained this way. And it is to think that people way back then who wrote stuff down a long time ago were just not that bright. And that we're so much smarter. We do things in a better way. Yeah. And yet all of this is really saying, no, I mean, we do things in a certain way because we have our own values and all these things. Yeah. And, and we would have done some things very differently, no doubt. Yeah, we would have written all about the dates and everything. Yeah, we would have. That's our that's our that's jam. What we care about. Yep. Um, they didn't do that, but that is actually even more profound to to take a story and and kind of merge it with another story yeah. and and tell it in a way that doesn't quite. It doesn't cut right around right the front say that, but it, but it's, it's behind it's there it and it's there. It's clearly there. I, I love that. And what it says is that, that these guys, even though, yes, they were, they were uneducated when they first uneducated, met, ordinary men, ordinary men, they definitely got them some education. And yes. This is not, these are people who really took this seriously. Yeah. Who crafted this. For us, right? And who were led by the spirit, led by the spirit. and carried along yeah, by the definitely. spirit. Oh, yeah, yeah, that, that helps, right? Yeah, but I mean, just so such a compelling way of seeing what Matthew is doing in, yeah. in, yeah. in the first part of his gospel. Yeah, they are brilliant, and this is this is one of the, one of the many reasons why I just love this book. Uh, not just because it has the you know, the keys to eternal life and things like right. that. Right. I mean, of course that is huge, but it is so good. It is so, so rich. It is so beautiful. Uh, there's so much there for us to see and learn from and live and live out. And that's, yeah. that's what we try to do. It is. That it is. is so cool. Very cool. I like that. You did do that in 10 minutes. Yeah. I, you know, yeah. I, thought, I thought it'd take a little longer. I don't 10 know, minutes, 10 hours, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know. Well, um, okay. So here we are. And um, I want to know, I want to know what our audience is thinking. Um, I do have, uh, you know, a, a few comments. I, I just, Susan just loved the fact that uh, she thought that's so cool, that connection there. Yeah. Um, and, right. and I think any times we can make those connections to, um, to their world and then to our world too, right? I mean, this is, it's so important for us. Agreed. Um, and uh, I love that. And so um, out there, everybody, you know, we, we definitely want to know what you're, uh, what you're thinking, where you're at in this. I mean, we'd love to know what you want to talk about in future episodes. And uh, um, today, 
whatever you, wherever you are, we, we're here for you. Um, and uh, we love doing this. In fact, um, one of the things that came to mind as you were, as, as we're kind of talking about scripture, talking about um, how amazing this book is, how amazing Jesus is. Mm-hmm. Um, can I ask you kind of a, a strange question? Please. And, uh, and I think we can do this in, in eight minutes left in our time. Um, if, uh, do you think you would have been the one or, let me just ask this way, would you be following Jesus today? If, this is a big if. Okay. This is a, even a dangerous if. And ladies and gentlemen, I'm not um, implying anything here, but let's just go out and say that uh, there was, you know, we found out that there was this evidence, which we're not going to find out, that Jesus did not rise from the dead, that we found his bones or something like that. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, okay. Let me just say, that's not going to happen. All right. Um, Jesus is alive. But this is an interesting question. And I want to, I want to show you why. Would you still follow Jesus? Would you still want to study this book and his words? So if I understand the correct, the question correct, mm-hmm. it's would I follow Jesus simply as a moral teacher rather than giving my allegiance to him as a savior? Is that the question? If, well, yeah, because if I guess, the, yeah, if he didn't rise from the dead, then he wouldn't have proven to be king, right? <laughs> so I, so yeah. I'll answer the question. Yeah. Let me answer it. Let me give a preamble to my uh-huh. answer. Uh-huh. I think the power of, um, of, of what Jesus has done and who Jesus is, is actually the melding together of the fact that he is both Lord and Savior yeah. and teacher. I think that's yeah. the that's sort of the expulsive power of the person of Jesus. So um, I would would I follow him if he weren't if he hadn't risen from the dead mm-hmm. if he weren't God? Mm-hmm. Um, I still would maintain that the teachings of Jesus, just the moral teachings, mm-hmm. are absolutely one hundred percent worth following. Mm-hmm. I believe that they're life giving. Um, I wouldn't give my allegiance to him mm-hmm. because I, I wouldn't I wouldn't view him as Lord mm-hmm. in in the same way, and I, I'm guessing he wouldn't have claimed he was yeah. like he did. Yeah. Um, so so <laughs> yeah, that's that would that, that would, that's a thing, yeah. right? But um, <laughs> so right now I give Jesus my full allegiance, meaning like my my I have a my I have a standing yes to Jesus yeah. because of yeah. I don't I wouldn't follow him in the same way. Okay. Um, but but. Yeah. Um, I do think that John chapter eight would still hold true. And Jesus says this, he said to the Jews who believed in him, if you abide in my word, you're truly my disciples. So as you, as you, as you listen to my teaching, as you abide in my word, um, and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Yep. Uh, so that Jesus is talking about, I, I think his, his role here as, as teacher and the way that his teaching leads to freedom. Yep. And so I would still hold on to that, um, but I wouldn't um, give my allegiance. And here's in the why. Same way. Here's why I. Here's why I asked that. Because this struck me the other day. <laughs> the disciples, they followed Jesus, and 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 I totally get it. they didn't they didn't fully give their allegiance in a sense. 
I mean, uh, until close to the end. Right. I mean, they, they were, but they it, they kind of got close to. Yeah. But they they gave up everything. They, they and yeah. followed Jesus before he did anything for them. Right. Right. They, this this was the kind of person he was, yeah. right? This was the the kind of teacher he was, and I think this is what. And I'm glad you you brought up the the those two. We have I think we have mostly talked about following Jesus as Lord, right? And we forget that he's also Rabbi, yeah, and yeah. That, that he's he's worth following before he does anything for us. Yeah, I and mean, it, so for the in the context of the disciples, yes. Now there, it is a, the whole story of Israel and the tradition of rabbis and all of that. But yeah, you're right. Yes, he, he hasn't conquered death yet. He hasn't risen he from hasn't. the dead. There's he he's showing that he has power over yes. the demonic, over darkness, over evil. But and they have this hope. And they, they do. Have hope. And there's a but there's, there's more to it. I just think, and it's a purely that's academic that's question, right? So clearly. That's not going to be next um, week. Can <laughs> God create a rock big, so big he can't move it? I just think it's, a, it's <laughs> an interesting way to think about why we follow Jesus. There was a there was a guy named um, Francis de Sales. Hmm. Say he was convinced in in so he was a part of the Counter Reformation, in um, which was the Catholic response to the Reformation. These these were Catholic people who were actually trying to make good decisions. Mm -hmm. um, they were they recognized what Martin Luther and all the reformers um, said was wrong about the church, and they were trying to reform the church from the inside. Okay, mm -hmm. so they were kind of the the closest thing to the to the good guys on the Catholic team right there yeah. back then, right? Um, they were doing some really good work, and Francis was one of them. He was an evangelist to Calvinists. Calvinists were were saying, you know, he was he started believing in some of the things that Calvin taught. And so far that he took, he believed that in God's predestination and so much so that he felt like he couldn't, he couldn't be sure if he was saved. Huh. And here he was a saint. Now, I think he was very wrong with that conclusion. And if you're in that place, we'd love to talk to you. Um, but he felt like there was no way he could know that he was saved. In fact, he started to believe that there was a good chance he was going to hell. Hmm. But, and I love this, he decided that he decided that it was still better to follow Jesus. It was still better to follow the way of Jesus because it gives you a better life. Hmm. That Jesus's way is just the better way. And now, once again, I think he's, he thinks he's wrong on some of those assumptions, but that kind of faith is, is pretty powerful. Yeah, I think the... And and your whole the whole framework of the question I think is to get us to wrestle with, like how do we view Jesus as yes. teacher yes. and rabbi, and what does it look like to really follow him um, in a way that goes beyond uh, saying a prayer, right? But saying yeah. yes, you have my whole life, whatever you say, um, I'm in. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So anyway, that just a, a kind of a fun idea. Um, yeah, um, yeah, and and Liz brought up the the quintessential verse um, that that means that that yes, this is purely academic in a sense of uh, because the truth of the matter is, First Corinthians fifteen seventeen says this, and if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile; you're still in your sins. Um, so clearly, we we recognize that 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 
our, our faith, we would still be stuck there. We would have no Lord. We would have no Savior. Um, and all I'm pointing out, and I think this is what Francis de Sales was pointing out, is that that yet still Jesus, Jesus's way is just the better way to live. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I love that because we, we need a Savior. And yet, I think so many of us can live our lives with a Savior, but living the same old way we've always lived. Yeah, yeah. And and Jesus, I, I think the whole point of this, we're trying to say Jesus came to give us more. Right. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Savior. Jesus is teacher. And I love how you say this. Definitely not less. Yeah. He didn't definitely. come to give you less, right? He yeah. came to give you more. Yeah. I, I love that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Danielle, great question about um, elaborating more on oh. how he says this is that we are also his beloved. Um, I would point to First John chapter three. What love the fathers have lavished on us that we should be called the children of God. Um, love lavished and his children. Mm. Um, I think of uh, even texts like Ephesians chapter two. Oh, great love with which the Father has loved us. Um, that uh so that's another one but there this actually that idea of the way that he views us as his children yeah um combined with the affection that he has for us as his children i'd say romans chapter 8 uh, verses 14 to 17 is another good cross reference um that that's true of of you and it's true of me as well mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so yeah Verse 16 of Romans chapter 8, the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ. Mm -hmm. It's it's placing us this in this crazy. Yeah. And and it's a great question, Danielle, because it it is um, it, it, it almost. Defies belief, right? And yeah, that's, I think that's yeah. part of what we're saying. But he's placing us next to Christ in this powerful way, um, and it is a—it's uh, a big deal. Yeah, yeah. Um, Galatians four six that he has—he uh, was born in the fullness of time. Uh, Jesus was born under the law to redeem those under the law so that they might receive adoption as sons, I'd mm-hmm. say, and daughters. Yeah, yeah. Because your sons, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying out, Abba, Father. So you're no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir through God. So this mm-hmm. idea of being heirs, mm-hmm. essentially brothers with Jesus, that's yeah. that, that's. That, that's a compelling picture and, of what it means to be adopted, to be, yeah. to be a brother of Jesus. Yeah, yeah. Wow. And, and the heir is, and what we receive is God's blessing. Correct. And that that is God's blessing. Right. You are the beloved. I, so I, that, that fits, I think it fits so well. I mean, it's, I, I do hope it's powerful. Um, I do hope it's powerful. Well, um, well, everybody, um, Connie just joined us. Hello, Connie. Connie, we started early to today. Sorry, yeah, sorry about that. Next time, next time we'll see you more. But um, everybody, it's so good, Ryan. This is this is a lot of fun. It is, and uh, I'm still chuckling to myself about time. Danielle's comment about uh, feel like I'm in a, watching a syrup commercial. 
<laughs> I'm going to be laughing about that all night. I know. Uh, we almost didn't didn't get through that. Uh, in it fact, was, <laughs> still, it's right. It's in the back of my mind. We almost uh, didn't. But uh, but everybody, thank you for sticking with us. It is such a such an honor and pleasure to do this with you. Um, we really really enjoy it. We thank you for uh, being a part of this. And it's our prayer that uh, that you would live life to the full. Amen. Amen. Grace and peace, friends.